Welcome to the Jesus Movement Podcast, presented by Awaken the Dawn. We host conversations so you can hear stories from across the movement, receive fresh biblical insights, and gain practical tools to experience more of Jesus's presence in your life, ministry, and city, because we believe Jesus changes everything. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. This is your host, Matthew Lilly. I'm here with my friend, Jason Hershey, who is the founder and director of David's Tent DC, where for now seven years, there has been nonstop 24-hour worship and prayer out in a tent in Washington, DC on the National Mall. This is incredible. And Jason has been a huge part of the Awaken the Dawn story, and we love David's tent, partly because it's a tent, but also because we love the people, and we love Jesus, and we love his presence in our nation's capital. But we're going to talk today about what God's done, uh, what he's doing, what we feel like the Lord's saying in this season, and get an update on what's happening in, in David's tent there in D.C. So if you want to know what's stirring right now in the heart of God for America, what he's speaking to us. I believe God's going to speak through our conversation today and speak to you and help you get caught up in some of what is on God's heart for this season and for our nation if you're here in America. So Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matthew. You know, I'm so indebted to Awaken the Dawn and just the whole network of the family of ATD across the nation. How many of you have come to serve at David's Tent, have trumpeted for David's Tent in D.C., and really taken ownership of uh, this vigil on the mall. Uh, You know, our generation calls them burns and things like that now, but they used to be called like vigils and things like that. So maybe an antiquated language, but so many of the ATD family across the nation have really been a part of building this uh, lamp of 24-7. So Yeah, I just rejoice in that, you know, the dream is that this wouldn't be like a ministry over here sort of operating in the church sector, but that David's tent would be a nation coming together sort of in a congressional representation way to together lift up Jesus. And it's happening. It's happened. It's continuing to happen. It's it's only growing stronger every year that we're seeing a greater diversity of people and a greater involvement. and. and the presence of Jesus is with us, um, whether it's the two or three yes. in the middle of the night or, well, never less than three, whether it's the three or four in the middle of the night or, or you know, Sunday afternoons where there's a lot more people in the tent, Jesus is always there with us. So Matthew, thank you for having me on. It's great to be with the ATD crew and, and just to be with you on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. It's incredible. It's a sign and a wonder, really, that it's happening here in our nation, in this generation. It's amazing. Jason, we honor you and your leadership and your faithfulness. I think most everybody who listens to podcasts is going to have heard of David's Tent DC, but there may be a few that that haven't. So maybe maybe just take a few minutes, give a little bit more, just kind of what exactly is going on <laughs> in a tent in the nation's capital. Well, David's Tent it derives its its name, its moniker from the the King David, King David in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the same guy that killed Goliath with his sling as a child when he grew up and became king, the same one that would worship the Lord with his harp on the hillsides of Bethlehem, taking care of his sheep, pouring his heart of love out on the Lord. When he became king with the resources that he had as king, 
The story goes, it's recorded in Chronicles, that he hired 4,000 musicians and 288 singers, put them in watches for a continuous musical prayer meeting as ministry to the heart of the Lord, but also as intercession for his nation. And First Chronicles 16, sort of as he commissioned his tabernacle, this tent of these musicians and singers, one of the verses says, and to pray that the Lord would save Israel. And so sort of this place of ministry yeah. to the Lord, but also intercession for his nation. King David set this up. Uh, we think it went 33 years, same time span as the life of Christ. It's very interesting. But this, this tabernacle of David, where David carried this dream that the presence of God could live with men. David's tent has now been on the National Mall here in Washington, D.C., as David chose his capital city, Jerusalem, where he was hosting the Ark of God and, and put the tabernacle up in his capital here in America, in our capital, uh, on the National Mall now since September the 11th, 2015, almost seven years now, we've yeah. been, worship teams have been coming in, signing out the stage in two-hour segments for a day and night song of worship and prayer uh, unto the Lord. It's incredible. Amazing. What a great synopsis of the Tabernacle of David, by the way. <laughs> which is a subject that I'm very passionate about personally, because I wrote, wrote an entire book on it, as you did. <laughs> yeah, but yours is yeah. better. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, they're both, they're both good, actually. I think everybody should get, should get copies of both of them. So you guys are coming up on seven years. That's amazing. Yeah. You've got your, your seven-year anniversary. Obviously, seven in the Bible carries a lot of significance. I love that your anniversary is on September 11th. 9-11, which has a nice little reference in the book of Amos 9, verse 11, to the Tabernacle of David. Yeah, how are you feeling, man, coming into this seven years, Amos 9-11 moment? Yeah, like just kind of what, what's in your heart right now for this? Yeah, you know, it was about a year, five and a half. I just kind of have to lead off with confession here a little bit. I was ready to quit. I'd had enough. Yeah. I know when we started David's tent, we were only gone. This is back in 2015, early 2016. We were only gone like four or five months into it. What now is seven years? And I went down and I, I got about 15 minutes with Mike Bickle behind the house of prayer there on sort of the back porch, maybe, for lack of a better explanation. And he put his hands on me and prayed just for the strengthening of the Lord. And throughout his prayer, he's laughing. And I, I don't think it was just laughing in the joy of the Lord. I kind of felt like he was laughing at me. And I kind of walked away from that prayer sort of feeling like, oh man, I'm in trouble. This is going to cost me way more than I've ever imagined. And he mm. was right. <laughs> Mike Pickle's prayer was right. I needed the strength of the Lord. About five and a half years in, I was in prayer one morning. And this was probably like a six-month conversation with me and Jesus. And finally, the one morning... It was last summer, so it was before we started the seventh year. Um, so I guess it was about six and a half years in. It was last summer, and it kind of came to a head one morning where I'm like, Lord, if I'm going to pull the plug and take the seventh year off. Because I thought, I thought, man, we could just take the tent down for year seven and just yeah. we'll call it the Sabbath year. Everybody will buy it. You know, like right, all right. of my friends will be like, like, Jason, you need this. Like, I was ready to go, like, you know, the Sabbath rest of the Lord. I got on the phone with Daniel Lim from IHOP, and he suggested to me, he said, you know, Jason, the Tabernacle of David is the Sabbath rest of the Lord. Like, we oh. rest in the place of 
presence. And Come so on. that kind of that kind of did me in a little bit. <laughs> but then the one morning came to a head. I'm like, Lord, we're coming up. We're almost at the sixth anniversary, beginning the seventh year. If I'm going to pull the plug, you need to speak to me today. Well, that afternoon, we had a guest speaker at our staff meeting, and I asked him just as a friend to come and just like almost preach our own message back to us, like give us a message on what it means to be an intercessor. And so he meets with our staff, he's going into his message, and he has no idea my personal private prayer life about year seven. And at one point, he's talking about the groans of Elijah and how he went up to the mountain after the fire fell, and, and he put his head between his knees. Seven times he prevailed. This is the very day that I prayed that prayer this morning. God, speak to me today. And all of a sudden he stops and he looks at me and he says, so don't stop at six. Wow. And then he, there's like this <laughs> pregnant pause. And then he said it again. So don't stop at six. Go into the seventh groan. And, you know, as Elijah was groaning for, for the cloud. And it, man, the spirit of God just fell on me, you know? <laughs> And yeah. so I'm like, okay, God, we are doing gear seven. Daniel Lim's right. I'm trusting you that you're going to bring the rest that I need for my own heart. And honestly, for my own mm. body, like so many night watches have taken a toll on my physical being. Uh, so many yeah. calls in the afternoon, like spur of the moment. Someone can't show up. They're stuck in traffic and I got to jump in my car and get there as fast as I can to take the watch, you know, like so many of those sort of adrenaline moments. I just needed restoration. And I can happily say, but here I am at the end of year seven. The Lord has really helped me with rest this past year. And I can honestly wow. say going into September the 11th here to celebrate the ending of year seven, uh, that I was glad when they said to me, mm. let's go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me. So I'm glad. I'm glad to be keep going. And I'm very thankful. And I just believe that Lord prophetically specifically spoke over the seventh year. So I'm sort of waiting for it with bated breath, like what's God going to do next as we go into year eight? That's incredible. Well, that's that's encouraging, man. It's I, I can tell there's a lightness to you even today as as we're talking. That's Praise really God. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean you you've always been an energetic, joyful person, but yeah, I can I can tell that the Lord is is refreshing you guys, and so that's that's so encouraging. Well, some people may not know how important, Jason, your role was in 2017 with Awaken the Dawn when we set up 50 tents on the National Mall that kind of launched this nationwide Awaken the Dawn expression of tents everywhere. That was sort of the the key moment. But you and David Bradshaw were really the ones that were praying, talking, having conversations. I believe you're even the one that brought up the 50 tent idea initially. Um, And then out of that, in 2018, we went to all the state capitals and set up tents of 50 hours of worship. And then the next year we did anyone, anywhere, and we had three or 400 tents happening all at the same time. <laughs> and then over the last few years, we've opened it up, uh, anyone, anywhere, and we've had longer periods of time. And there's still people setting up 100 plus tents every year of, of some expression of day and night worship, prayer, outreach evangelism into their communities. And so we love tents, obviously, with Awaken the Dawn. I mean, we have a love-hate relationship with tents, as I'm sure you do, because (laughs) they're not convenient, but the Lord is using them in in unique ways. And so I think it's just worth asking the question, why are you doing this in a tent, Jason? You could do it in a building, and that would be fantastic. So why are you doing it in a tent? 
Why tense? I think for me, first and foremost, perhaps if the National Mall, if America would allow me to actually build a structure on the National Mall, I'd probably mm. take them up on it. Right. Uh, the reality <laughs> right now is the National Mall would be similar to our Temple Mount in the United States. So it's it's the Tiananmen Square, the Red Square. Every nation has their plaza at the center of town. Can you imagine if China put up a 24-7 worship tent on their Tiananmen Square? Oh, awesome. Man. Come on, Jesus. You know, if, yeah. if Moscow did it. And, and so the heart of the matter for us is, is we feel like the Lord is has stirred our hearts that the location of the Temple Mount matters. Um, and obviously, we're not robbing Israel of any of their DNA. We're just saying we are stirred with jealousy that we want this in our nation here in America. So part of it's just sure. the practicals is this is what we have permission to do right now is put up a mm. tent. But I also think that perhaps it's the Lord that we don't have permission to build a building because we, each one of us, are a tent. One of the great verses is that you know the, the life of man is like a vapor. And its place won't remember them anymore when they're gone. Like just that quick, our life is is gone like a vapor, like steam dissipating out of a tea kettle. Just all of a sudden you can't see it anymore. And every time, you know, we, we've moved the tent probably 10 or 15 times over the past seven years, just working with the park service to move it here or there to, you know, sometimes we have to react to imminent domain things that the, the federal government has uh, greater authority over than us. So sometimes we have to react to them and move the tent to different places. And every time we move the tent, it just underscores this. It's so good for our hearts because it underscores that really it's not about the, it's not even about that we've done it for seven years. It's about that we're doing it today. Mm. It's about right. the fact that today in the lifetime that we live right now, we are celebrating the Lord. We're meeting Jesus in the reality of the moment of now. And we can only encounter his presence in the present moment that we're actually living in. And so every time we move the tent, it just, it like keeps the tent at this place of being temporary. And yet so keeps Jesus at the center of our heart and almost keeps the structure and the vigil of it from becoming the idol of it. But mm. it is the tabernacle mentality does so much in our hearts. And so I think a lot of it is, hey, this tent is, is first of all, it's the tabernacle of David. David was outside in a tent. Sure. We're outside in a tent. We have permission to do it in a tent, but also the tabernacle mentality of God tabernacling with us, tenting with us, camping out with us, if you will, that God is, is in the tabernacle with us. And hey, the house of the Lord, there's scriptures all through the Bible about coming into the house of the Lord. So I'm not saying the tent is better than the house, but there's sure. something about the reality of the raw relationship with God in the moment that is somehow underscored and captured with the tent mentality. There's a church that meets at David's tent every Sunday morning called uh, Antioch Church. They love it. Overheard a, a testimony relayed to me from their pastor, Chase Moore. And I guess at one point in a meeting, he had said about David's tent, he's like, I was completely unaware of how awesome the tent would be for the heart and the maturity of our church. Because we get up and we go to church on a Sunday morning when it's hot outside, when it's cold in the winter. And he's like, what that has done for our hearts as far as putting in us 
sort of a non-humanistic sense of Jesus is worthy of it all. He sees it as a, as a benefit to their church, just the tabernacle yeah. mentality. So I think there's many reasons. Um, ultimately, it's just the way that God led us. And we trust that he's discipling us in the process of being outside in a tent. I love it. That's good. Yeah, it's not comfortable always. It's not always convenient, but it does something in relation to our spiritual maturity when things aren't comfortable and convenient sometimes. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, we've also found over the years that it can really be a great place for the body of Christ to come together is in a tent. Sometimes church buildings feel you know, a little more territorial for some people. And we've also found that they're really conducive to outreach and evangelism and connecting with the lost. And I know you guys are all YWAM missionaries who are there, your team there. So you guys love sharing the gospel with people and, and telling people about Jesus. And uh, we, we feel, this, feel the same way. I feel like it's the tents just make it easier, especially in public places, parks, where, where there's foot traffic. Yes. You just might have somebody wander into the tent, experience Jesus. Sometimes you don't know what they're experiencing, <laughs> um, but sometimes you do, and it's beautiful, and you, you hear that you know, something yeah. amazing is happening or conversation is struck up, and uh, you're able to tell people about Jesus, and so it's beautiful. We, we encourage people with Awaken the Dawn in our network. We say, number one, host a tent in your own city. And so we, we have Tent America where we say, host a tent in your own city every year. And then we say, number two, go to David's Tent DC once a year, because I know you guys do state weeks yeah, where you have each of the 50 states adopts a week out of the calendar year. And you can go to DC for your state week, all of it, ideally, or part of it and help staff the tent, lead worship, pray, minister to people. And so we go do the tents, do a tent in your city, do the tent in our nation's capital, and yeah. uh, and let's see the presence of God continue to invade our, our nation in a greater way. So, Amen. Amen. Well, uh, you shared a little bit of a testimony from the Antioch Church and how their community is getting stirred up. Any other stories or testimonies of, you know, just kind of recent years, things that the Lord's doing uh, yeah. there in, in your community or through the tent? Yeah, I love the weekends at David's Tent. Uh, Saturday, Sunday is amazing. Again, we didn't necessarily go after this, but this sort of just happened. We have we have a Russian couple that comes every Saturday morning and sings in Russian. Um, we have a Spanish church that comes every Sunday afternoon and sings primarily in Spanish. We have several Indians on staff that will often lead from India. Uh, that will often lead in their native tongue. And like the weekends tend to be really international. And I love it. Like half the time I'll go in there on Saturdays and I can't, I don't understand any of their languages. So I have no idea what they're singing, but I can, I can feel the Holy Spirit and the wow. presence of the Lord is there, you know? And I'm just like, mm -hmm. man, it is so, so easy to imagine heaven in that place because when God's presence is there, it's just like, there's another language going on that's beyond the intelligible words coming out of people's mouth where there's a, a yes in our spirits that Jesus is worthy and there's like an, an understanding of how awesome the Lord is. And so I feel like I feel like it's getting more and more international all the time um, as David's tent goes forward. So that's a really amazing, yeah, I guess I never really anticipated that. I always kind of felt like, hey, this that's is cool. for America. 
Um, but I never anticipated the amount of international involvement that we would see at David's Scent. So that's really cool. Um, we're coming into my favorite time of year, which is the fall. The foot traffic on the mall is just always really heightened. And so there's just loads of people more coming in and out of the tent. Lots more praying for people and and just meeting with people. And I love it. Just like just yesterday, I was up on stage. I was leading worship for my watch. I don't know because I, I was leading from the front. But I, I assume they were like a mother and a daughter that were probably in D.C. just walking the mall. And they stopped in. They were sort of standing at the back looking through an information table. And all of a sudden, sort of, they began to sing along and they began to enter in. And I'm like, mm. yes, that is exactly what we want to see happen is that people come to DC and they spend some time turning their hearts toward the Lord while they're in our city. It's just awesome. Come on. So good. Jason, you have a unique perspective being there in Washington, DC. I know a lot of people might expect you to be political. <laughs> in some of your focus and in, in your thoughts. And you you made a, made a few comments before we hit record about, you know, that not necessarily being what's, what's in your heart right now is, is really a, a focus on politics. Um, it is a midterm election year for America, but just like, what is in your mind, you know, what do you feel like God's saying to you guys about what's important right now? What's stirring in Washington, DC yeah. kind of give, give people across America, some perspective on like what you're sensing from the Lord, what's stirring in our nation's capital. Yeah. Just whatever's in your heart. Well, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm all about Jesus and I don't want to say I'm not political in, in any way, lessen sure. the rejoicing in my own heart that Roe v. Wade is history. Mm. Like I'm rejoicing at that. Yeah. Come on. I feel it's a huge win and something that we've so many of us in D.C. and across the nation, we've all labored for this. Uh, many of you have taken trips to D.C. specifically to pray for life at the Supreme Court. And that's that's important. And leadership is important. Elections are important. Um, I was just this this past summer, about three weeks ago, I was in Ponce, Puerto Rico, the second largest city in Puerto Rico. And a year and a half ago, a new mayor was elected. And this mayor loves the Lord with all of his heart. And he basically has no respect for the phrase separation of church and state. And he <laughs> just completely threw out the red carpet for us to put up. Attention, pastors and ministry leaders. We want to invite you to an ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, Utah, July 26th through the 28th. This ATD Leadership Summit is for leaders from across America that carry a shared value of hosting the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer and gospel proclamation. Our Awaken the Dawn team will be hosting the event, including David Bradshaw, Matthew Lilly, and David Valier. When you join us for this summit, you will experience real and refreshing connection with like-hearted leaders in an informal, fun, and relational environment, including four free meals together. Teaching and training sessions catered to pioneering presence-centered ministry leaders, spirit-filled and life-giving times of worship, prophetic ministry, and prayer to refresh your heart, interactive breakout sessions and workshops to dialogue about practical ministry challenges, and a regional worship and prayer gathering the weekend after the summit. To learn more and register, go to awakenthedawn.com today. 
Again, join us for the ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, July 26th through the 28th. Register now at awakenthedawn.com. We can't wait to see you there. The tent in the center plaza, they shut down the street in front of City Hall. And we put up a David's tent there that was like, you know, 15 feet from the entrance to City Hall, shut down the street and working with the church there, Casa de Gozo, which stands for House of Joy, or means House of Joy. Uh, we were working with this church. They had rallied the churches from the region to come together for a 24-hour tent right there at the Santa Plaza of Ponce. And just, you know, God was moving. They had a baptismal there that they were baptizing people as they were coming to Jesus, like real time in the moment. Uh, they were ministering to people, giving the homeless haircuts. Like, it was just awesome what God That's was awesome. doing there for the weekend. And I, you know, was privileged to lead a team of 12 of us to go down there and, and be a part of that. Um, but the reality is all of that happened because of who was elected. Um, the mm. previous mayor of Ponce would have never... Uh, the, the mayor's office printed off T-shirts for it. They gave me one. <laughs> I, I'm like, man, the mayor's office is actually at their expense, like yeah. promoting this thing. Like elections cool. are important. Leadership is important. Um, however, uh, you know, Colossians 1.17, um, it's just a key key verse for me, Matt, is, is that Jesus holds things together. All things mm. are held together by Jesus. And that includes the United States. The United States is only held together by Jesus Christ. And without him, we won't be held together. And we don't want to be held together without him. Uh, just kind of the, the, yeah. Moses, the whole thing about Moses of like, we can have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We can have the promised land. We could send your angel to take us into our inheritance as a nation. But if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't go up from here. Like mm. we all pray that the Eagle of America would fly again, but we don't want to rise unless it's the wind of the Holy spirit and Jesus at the center of everything. And so yes. what's burning in my heart is, yeah, it's an election season, but seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you as well. So in this season, our work, what we're going to do this fall um, is a bridegroom fast. Our staff were inviting people from around the nation to come and join us. The dates are October 10 to arrive in D.C. so we can have uh, five days of, of getting to know one another and five days of training and impartation before we go into the 21-day bridegroom fast. We want to go into it prepared. And so to prepare, yeah. we're going to have a five-day heart prep and then a 21-day bridegroom fast um, leading up to the elections where we, we're going to go through the book of Luke and the book of Acts. We're going to worship our way through Luke and Acts. Both books are written by the same doctor, Dr. Luke. And we're going to pray for the revelation of Jesus to come to America. I just know that the more we fix our eyes on Jesus and lift him up, yeah. then he can bring his leadership team in with him. And so just yeah. as like when somebody gets elected to the White House, the new president gets to appoint their own cabinet and bring their new administration in with them. Our job is to, as nations, elect Jesus and throne him on our hearts, on the praises of his people. Yes. And then as we lift him up, he will bring his cabinet into the leadership of the nations with him. And so our whole posture going into this fall is 
Yes, elections are important. And so, yes, we do feel an urgency of intercession. But the way we're going to fight that battle is to put our eyes on Jesus. And we're going to go into a bridegroom fast and pray for the revelation of Jesus and ultimately the return of King Jesus to the earth, that the earth will be ready. So that's our posture. Uh, We believe the best intercession for America is always, always, always to put our eyes on Jesus, lift him up, and he is the one that will hold all things together. So anybody that's, that's listening to this podcast, I want to invite you to DC to join our community to make intercession for America. Uh, making intercession mm. is an action. It's something that you do. It's not something that you do casually. Making intercession is think of Jesus on the cross. It's something that you do with your whole being. And so we want to invite people to come join us for this, this fall. Uh, for this critical season, I believe the spiritual warfare over America is coming, is coming to a head. I mean, it's just whether yeah. it's in the marketplace and the, the systems of finance and all of the corruption and the crazy stuff going there, the wildness of government where none of us can really say for certain that we know what's going on, uh, the misinformation and what, is it true? Is it not? We don't know. The media is going crazy. And, and then who knows what's, who's pulling the strings because it's all about money and all this stuff in the midst of all of the muck of America, we know that if we lift up Jesus, he will break through in every single area. Come on. Yes, 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 and yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree, bro. And um, that's that's our heart. That's my heart. I know that's why we set up our tents. That's why we we live in communities that are praying, worshiping day in and day out all across America, because we do believe Jesus changes everything, his presence, the good news of who he is. As he comes, he brings his kingdom and uh, makes everything better. (laughs) 17 nations have gone before America. They have been the superpower of the earth. And 17 nations in a row have not known what to do with their prosperity. And 17 nations in a row have fallen. And they have they have crumbled because of their their inability to morally handle prosperity. And you know, and right. I always point like, where are we at in America? I point people back to Exodus 19, where Moses just brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Like they're only in the wilderness for like three months. They are crushed people. They've been in, in slavery for 430 years. They have no culture, no nothing. They would have had their Hebrew language, but they had none of the customs they have now. They were a broken people. And the Lord comes and tells Moses to meet with the elders of of Israel and tell them that if they would listen to his voice and obey, that they would be his very special people on the earth and they would be a kingdom of priests. Well, what is a priest? A priest is someone that ministers to God, that lives to to bring a ministry, to put joy in the heart of the Lord, to be blessing the Lord. And so what Moses was basically telling Israel is, your whole nation, our whole nation exists to be a nation of those worship and prayer people, like a whole nation of those people at IHOP in Kansas City. Like, (laughs) we're going to be a whole nation that the purpose, the existence of our nation is to minister to God. We're going to be a special people. and. We will live. So yeah, we still need the people in media. We still need people in the arts. We still need, just as I hop in Kansas City, Mike Bickle needs somebody in the accounting office. He needs somebody doing a marketplace stuff to support the place. 
He needs somebody doing doing media for it. They have education going on there. They got the seven mountains of society in, in the IHOP community. But the reality is, is ancient Israel had to have all seven areas of society too. But the point of it all at the end of the day is that we live to be a ministry to the Lord, a kingdom of yes. priests. This theme goes the whole way into the, the New Testament church in, in Peter, where Peter said, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Um, and then Revelation 5, again, that the lamb has shed his blood so that from every nation would become, so all nations now, all of us, we're all invited into becoming this special people, a kingdom of priests. And so, you know, what ATD is doing is setting a culture. Yeah, we might just be a remnant with ATD and David's tent and all the other houses of prayer across America, but we are setting a culture in America, even as a remnant of saying, you know what, our nation exists to minister to God. And so, yes, yes, to all the people working in the seven spheres of society, the seven mountains, the seven mind molders. But at the end of the day, we should be getting together at the tent in the center of our town and celebrating God and ministering to him. And what do we do with our prosperity? We pour it out as an offering unto the Lord in worship, prayer, mm. and missions to the ends of the earth. So I have great, great hope for America. It's not just to rescue America for the sake of us being prosperous. It's to rescue America right. for the sake of us being a ministry unto the Lord as he's called us to be and to set an example for the nation. So I think David did his tent in ancient Israel because of his heart of love for Jesus. But I also think this is just speculation. It doesn't say it in scripture, but I also think he was just kind of like, wait, Exodus 19, let's just be the people yes. that God has called us to be. Let's be a nation of the prayer and worship people. Those crazies. Let's be that nation. Let's put up a tabernacle. Let's three times a year all come together in our capital of Jerusalem to celebrate Jesus for the feasts. And let's be a people that live as a kingdom of priests, a whole nation of the worship prepare people. So yeah. ATD, I bless you guys, man, that God would multiply more tents, that God would use you to set a culture of worship and prayer across the United States that we not just as houses of prayer communities, but as a whole nation that we could be uh, that nation of the worship and prayer people that are just so impressed with God that we have to love him back every single day. Come on. Yes. Amen. Now I'm That's preaching. So good, man. This is supposed to be a casual conversation. <laughs> no, it's, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, I, I, you oh. talked about seeking first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is centered around God himself. I mean, Revelation 4 and 5, you, you mentioned it. I mean, he is at the center. And so I think as we prioritize him and his presence and ministry to him and worshiping him and offering our lives, our wealth, our everything to him, I believe as we do that, we are creating an expression of heaven on earth, a greater manifestation of his kingdom and heaven here on the earth, in our cities, in our nations, as we do that. There's no, there's really no other way to do that. Yeah, the kingdom is the advancement of the gospel. It's signs, wonders, healing. Those things have have to come too. But it also has to be Jesus right in the middle, His presence, His person, and it all comes back to that. Amen. So good, Jason. This has been amazing. I feel like that's just a beautiful place to to kind of wrap up our conversation here. And we're so thankful for David Stent, thankful for you and the team that have been laboring there. And we do want to encourage 
our ATD uh, network and family to really engage with David's Tent DC and what's happening there. So any final words before we uh, wrap up here? Well, yeah, Father, I just want to make my final words to you on behalf of all of the mm-hmm. listeners. God, I pray identity over every single person of just how much their song, their prayer moves your heart. God, I pray that prayer from Ephesians 3, that you would strengthen each one in their inner man to comprehend with all the saints just how much you love them. And that they would know how much their song moves your heart, how much even just their presence, just showing up before you, how much that moves your heart, how much their prayers moves your heart. Lord, I pray just identity and purpose that they are a part of this kingdom of priests. And I pray, God, that you would uh, put a sozo salvation anointing on ATD, on all of those that are listening, that when they, every act of faith, that you would come and complement it with your power. Uh, just that prayer of, of 2 Thessalonians 1.11, just every act of faith will be accompanied with your power, that your sozo anointing would rest on each and every family, each and every person that is listening to this for restoration, healing, salvation, freedom, that Jesus, you would walk into their lives. Uh, Jesus, you healed every single person that was brought to you. You healed them. And so Jesus, every single person listening to this podcast right now, I bring them to you. And I pray that your sozo salvation anointing would be operating in their, in their own personal life, their marriages, uh, their future marriages, their families, and, um, and, and in their, their churches, the spheres of influence that they have in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We would love for you to hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're using so that you can continue to get episodes like this every month. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor and please share it with your friends and post it on social media. Be sure to tag Awaken the Dawn in your post so that we can reshare that with all of our friends as well. If you're tuning in on Apple, please leave us a rating or review. And if you're on YouTube, give us that thumbs up like button and leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's episode. And we really appreciate it. Finally, please visit our website at awakenthedawn.com. You can find out more about our ministry and movement, and you can also make a donation to help support this podcast and the Awaken the Dawn ministry. Thank you again for tuning in today. And don't forget, Jesus changes everything.